The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning and welcome to episode 89 of the Jaguar Report podcast. My name is Gus Logue, joined by my co-host John Shipley. John, what's your Super Bowl pick? Gonna put you on the spot right away. I I think Chiefs by like by like 10, dude. I, I, I think I think Spags is gonna get the Purdy once or twice. Yeah. Pur- Purdy, God's favorite son, will absolutely Make a couple plays here or there that he absolutely shouldn't make, but I, I got I got Chiefs by like ten, dude. They, they're they're a different team in the playoffs. You know, Mahomes turns up, Andy Reid for some reasons better in the playoffs, which is funny because he used to be the coach who couldn't coach in the playoffs, and then it seems like Travis Kelsey literally took the entire year off, still got thousand yards or whatever, but like he he was running like Mercedes Lewis in like October, and now yeah. he's now he's uncoverable. So I got I got I got Chiefs by ten. And I'm excited to see the amount of uh, complaints and excuses the 49ers have again, because you're you're already you're already seeing it. Talking about the practice fields too soft, stuff like that. But <laughs> what Travis goes to do? He did the chugga 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 choo choo excuse train coming to San Francisco, baby. True, right? Yeah, well, I got I got Chiefs. I got Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are going to win big too. Like I feel like they just showed, kind of like you said during this playoffs, that they're just like just have so much experience on their side now. Like, Reed has gotten better. Spags has always been a playoff beast. And Mahomes just, like, I feel like hasn't made a mistake in three postseasons. So, I mean, like, I, I think there is, like, a way that, like, the Niners get out to a lead early. And then, like, McCaffrey is able to just kind of, like, run away with the game for them. But, yeah, I feel like eight, eight or nine times out of ten, the Chiefs are going to be able to win this one. And the 49ers defense has not been good in the playoffs. Yeah, that's it. It's a little leaky. They've they've really relied on turnovers like to make any anything happen. I my recommendation to trade her first for Chase Young has luckily been forgotten about, but he's seemed he's seemed pretty useless during this little playoff run. So we'll we'll see. I I personally want Mahomes to get another ring because I've tweeted so many times in like the last four years that he's the best ever. So I just want to keep piling on it, it it's a good bit when people compare like brady's like season like six to ten to mahomes is like one through six like no that's that's the entire point you're making the argument then you know mahomes has been like you can like most elite quarterbacks you can put their careers into like three different stages like thirds like right. you do it with Peyton brady it's like basically three different careers like mahomes is still in his first one and he's still racking them up so for my narrative purposes i'm uh I'm going with Big Red this weekend. Yeah, no, his peak is scary. I do want to see Shanahan win a ring too at some point, but 
I'm kind of with you where I want I want Mahomes to get another one more, which is in this particular matchup. And then like I actually think I actually think it's funnier that Trahan never wins one. <laughs> I, I, I want him to be he, he's he's Mike McDaniel's like with like a Mario mushroom. You know, he powers up like he can at least get to the Super Bowl, but he's a he's a regular season. It's a front runner offense. Tyreek was right. It's a front runner offense. I just want him to get one so that like looking back on it, the legacy of him isn't like, oh, he's the coach that could never win a ring. Like it should be like, oh, he's a coach that like changed offense for a decade plus. So Fair point. it's Fair just enough. I'm trying to get ahead of the narrative on this one. For, who you got next year's Super Bowl, Four Niners or Jags? <laughs> Probably the Jags. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Right, yeah. Give me a week. I'll, I'll come with my Super Bowl prediction next week. I'm not I, I don't need a week, man. Rod Rod Nielsen's gonna put Shanahan in a full on like ankle lock. Make make him tap out. <laughs> um, You're um, calling it now. Should I write it down? Jags. Go ahead. Go ahead. Jags don't play the 49ers next year, do they? No. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, go ahead and put this down. Okay. The Jaguars will hold Shanahan offenses to 17 points per game next year. I know they play like at least two with the Texans. Yeah, I love the fact that you made sure that they weren't actually playing Shanahan himself before you said that. What? Oh, uh, hey, no, I would I would have kept that in there. I would have kept that in there. What 17 points per game? Yeah, against Shanahan offenses. Right, well, I mean, got... What Shanahan offenses do they play? Are you pulling up the schedule? Okay, they got the Texans twice. Right, they got um, uh, the you should Miami. They got Miami. They do. That's that's three, and okay, they got three. <laughs> <laughs> they got three. They got some big they offenses in there, so they got three. So that's that. that they they will hold the Texans and Dolphins to seventeen points per game across three games. <laughs> The, okay, that those, actually makes me pretty even better because, like, those are two pretty legit offenses. So yeah, they are. I'm, I'm putting that for it's just Houston it, twice Miami. That's right. Hruux. That's very right. All right. Because I mean, I if if they did play the Forty Nineers, I definitely would have adjusted that. I, mean, I I don't like really get a feel for the next year's schedule until. Next year is always here. But, I mean, they got some interesting games. They play the Bears on the road. They play the Lions on the road. They play New England. They play the Jets. They play the Packers. They play the Vikings. They got the Browns again. Very interesting. Like, there's some, like, okay matchups, but. Eagles? Eagles? (laughs) That's an interesting game. Come on. Jags and Packers? Yeah, I was gonna say Packers was the only one really that caught my mind. Jags Lions? Years. Yeah. Jags Jets? I'm getting sick of the Lions. They're a fun story. They're a good story. Well, it's just it, it is funny to me stories. that <laughs> Brad Holmes went on his uh <laughs> burn everything down, screw everybody. That was cool. After winning after winning two playoff games. <laughs> you haven't done anything. Brent Baalke isn't alone. Yeah. It's not just a him thing. All GMs yeah, are yeah. It, it, it would be like Dave Caldwell doing that after they went to the AFC Championship game. <laughs> you know, like that. It would have been this. It, it would have been the same exact thing. So I'm all for it. 
I will say I would love for that to happen on Jacksonville press conference because I, I do I think part of his point though, like I didn't listen to really the whole thing; it was mostly clips. But I feel like he did also say like this isn't just like a one-time Cinderella run, like like for a reason. So I think he was like trying to like push against that narrative. So it was, a, it was another just entertaining presser. So I I'm not rooting for them to go eight and nine. However, yeah, you still, I mean, they, still, I still took Jack Campbell in the first, buddy. Well, I'm they're not. Not serious, in my opinion. Yeah, no, nah, like, is good. Like he's like Purdy or Kirk Cousins or like players who are like good and can get to like multiple Pro Bowls, but like really won't get to you to a Super Bowl unless Kyle Shanahan is your coach or Sean McVay. Yeah, yeah I'm with you. I don't know. I can't. No, like the Lions go 16 and one next year, and I'll still say I'm skeptical because they took Jack Campbell. In the first <laughs> Just for Jack Campbell. Yeah, he's, Dude, he's terrible. Mm. Terrible. He's terrible. the worst first round linebacker since. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> don't, even, don't even go there. I'll, I'll keep it to myself. I'll, I'll, I'll put that one on ice for another 12 months. And then we can revisit that one. Speaking of the Jaguars, today we're yeah. going to be doing uh, an award show because NFL Honors is tomorrow, a.k.a. Thursday, February 8th. At 9 p.m., I believe. It is? So, yeah. Oh, that's such a weird – why have it on a Thursday? I don't know. That's weird. Right, I think they've been, like, <laughs> changing it up, like, changing up small things about the scheduling a lot in recent yeah. to try to, like, make it more watched because, like, I don't think anyone really watches it. So, because it used to be, like, the Saturday before the Super Bowl, right, for a long time? Yeah. Yeah. So I think they're just hoping. That's, that's, that's why I'm mixed. That's why I was mixed up because I was like, why the hell is it so early? <laughs> right. So it's tomorrow, but this is good timing. So we're going to do, we're going to give out our own like league wide real NFL award ballots later in the show. But first, we're going to go over some specific Jaguars awards. That's right. That's right. So let's go right off the bat with MVP. Who do you got? It's got to be Josh Allen. It, he had the best single season any Jaguars pass rushers ever had after he already had like probably like the fifth best like as a rookie uh he was top five in every important pass rusher metric he was right up there with Miles Garrett in terms of the pass rush win rate on true pass rush like pass uh sets which is you know none of the fake stuff like RPOs play action screens etc he was a revelation this year. I thought that he had the kind of season that people have, I think, kind of been waiting for him to have. But I think that's mostly because he's been so good before. You know, like we've talked about, he's never gotten a ton of sacks in the year before this year. But he's always been a really good pressure player. I, I had somebody, like, say to me when I was getting on my soapbox about his contract last week that, was it feel like to me he's only had one good year? Well, you know, you're wrong. I mean, you can literally find articles from last offseason where he was, I think PFF had him as like the fourth best pass rusher against two pass sets in 2022. So he's obviously always been good at, right. you know, finally things broke for him the right way this year. He also got a big luck here, I think. So I think it's got to be Josh Allen. And, I, you know, on the topic of Josh Allen, the uh, the Pro Bowl stuff was, was funny. Evan Ingram basically being like, no, he literally has to be back. And <laughs> – uh, Evan Ingram, I think, is a good comparison. Like, 
the contract, the money isn't anywhere near the same. So the conversations are obviously different. But Ingram was another guy who he got tagged last year. And then it took him a while to get a new deal. And people don't remember this, but at training camp last year, you know, Ingram's first availability after he got paid, he was like, basically said like, yeah, I thought I was going to get paid a lot sooner. Basically like seemed pissed that the process dragged out the way it did. So I could see it, you know, being, being similar. So I, I think MVP has got to be Josh Allen and, what what do you say at the Pro Bowl to uh to media? They somebody said, What what do you think about uh Trent Balky's comments? And he's like, We gotta talk. We gotta talk. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the ones that's like worth actually watching rather than just seeing the quote. Yeah. It was, it was <laughs> what do you think yeah, though, what, what about you? What do you think the chances are that he signs a contract before the trade deadline? Like, do you think it's like 10% and like there's a chance or it's more of like a 0% chance and you think it's definitely going to be like the tag and then negotiate type process. So you mean like before the trade deadline in like next season? I So like before March 5th, I think is when like you would have to officially say like when you designate. Gotcha. I don't think there's any chance he gets paid before the franchise tag. If he gets paid at all this off season, which I'm leaning toward it won't happen, but if he does, I think it would happen like May, June, something like that. Like it's, I very much so, you know, per per sauces, the thinking inside the building from some people is that Trent's thinking, Trent Balky's thinking is, I want to see him do it again, and obviously there's nothing that can happen between now and next year to make that change. So I think the Jags will make him an offer, probably won't be a very good one or maybe fair one. And he gets franchise tagged, has to potentially plan and tag. But I'd I'd be interested to see if he if he calls their bluff on it. You know, I mean, he didn't go to uh, you know voluntary workouts last year. Could that could that be like a warning shot to them? I don't know. And I also think if you're Doug Peterson, you want to uh, get in Trent's ear, like, dude, sign this guy because it infects Doug Peterson a lot more than it affects. Trip bulky. What happens with this? Because if you get a disgruntled Josh Allen, and there's any chance he doesn't play, like if he misses any time next year, like that, that that impacts Doug Peterson's job. You know, like he obviously needs to win this year, and having your best player, like not best defensive player, your best player potentially not on the field or not at training camp, stuff like that, is obviously a big thing. And uh, I don't know, man. You go back and you look at some of uh, bulky stuff in San Francisco. It was similar. Jim Harbaugh would literally say in press conferences, he's like, we need to get this guy paid. <laughs> it's like we're the coach being like, please, please pay my player. So it'll be interesting to see. Not saying that's what's happening here, but if I was right. up Peterson, I'd be like, dude, get this done. Like, I need him. Not we. Like, yeah, I need yeah. him. That's honestly pretty crazy that he Harbaugh said it publicly, and it kind of just, like, got to that point. So I guess it'll also be interesting to see whether yeah. it gets to that point with Peterson here in Jacksonville. But yeah, I – actually first wrote down Trevor Lawrence for MVP just because I got a little bit too much in my head about like the word valuable in the phrase Uh, just because I think like it's pretty clear that like when the team was kind of like clicking and it had a good start it's because the offense was mostly healthy really like just besides Zay Jones Um, and then like Kirk and Trevor kind of like both went down at the same time Kirk was out for an extended period and then Trevor was just like really banged up for the second half of the season. But so I feel like the like explainer for 2023 was like, if you had to put it on like one player, it's like revolves around Trevor Lawrence's health. 
But with that said, like Josh Allen was like the best player on the team. He also like broke the team's single season sack record. Um, I think it's like pretty clearly Josh Allen after thinking yeah. about it more. Yeah, I, I don't think Trevor's a bad take. I just I don't know, if if the Jaguars won two more games, I think Josh Allen would be at NFL honors. Yeah, this weekend. Maybe not getting defensive player of the year, but he'd at least, I think, be nominated. No, I think that's fair. I'm, I can't believe Calvin Ridley wasn't nominated for comeback player of the year. Like, what did Baker, Baker Mayfield come back um, from? Just being I, bad? I don't think you can nominate Calvin for comeback player of the year. <laughs> he bet on games. Okay, that's, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, but also, yeah, Baker, Baker came back from being a bad quarterback. Like, Joe Flacco came back from being 40 years old. Yeah, no, I, right. like, I would give comeback player of the year to Brees Hall. Mm. That's what I give it to. Yeah. It, Hamlin, obviously, the circumstances, you know, call for it. But I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll keep takes slash jokes and riffs on that on that topic to myself. I don't need to put that on the areas. But Brees Hall would be he Yeah, yeah. Hall's a good one. Yeah, no, but I – I, I don't think you can nominate Calvin. <laughs> no, I honestly hadn't even thought about that, but no, that's totally fair. Yeah. All right. Jaguars offensive player of the year. Who you got? I think it's gotta be Trevor. I I I know this is we're, we're the Trevor Lawrence defenders or whatever, but he was clearly like the best player this year on offense, right? When they were playing at their best, it was because of him. And when they were playing at their worst, he was the one giving them a shot, and I don't know who else you would give it to. Christian Kirk had a good year. Obviously, he missed those five games. He didn't have some kind of like transcendent year, you know. Like, yeah, he was having a solid. He was having a good year. It was Evan good Ingram, year. yeah, Evan Ingram. I think his season's honestly a bit overrated. I think the catch thing is more so like the volume thing and how many like checkdowns they gave him and stuff. And I personally don't think ETN, even with the context of the offensive line, was as impressive as uh, people think. He obviously had that wild, like, three- or four-week stretch where he was popping off explosives like crazy. But, I, I, I mean, what, he averaged less than four yards per carry, and I don't think that's all on the offensive line. So, I think Trevor is the only answer. Honestly, my second pick would be Anton. Ooh. Yeah, I, I think those are the two best players on offense this year, personally. Okay. I like the Anton take. I'll, I'll go with Trevor. My second pick would have been Engram because, like, I agree with you where the stats are a bit overblown. But at the same time, like, at the end of the day, getting the second most receptions in NFL history in a single season for a tight end is still pretty impressive, especially when you consider that, like, Lawrence wasn't healthy the whole year and he was catching a lot from C.J. Beathard. And maybe that did kind of pad the stats a little bit, but I don't know. It's not like he was, like, catching all those passes from an MVP candidate like Zach, Zach Ertz was from Carson Wentz in 2018 because that's when Ertz got the record for most receptions in a season. So I think, like, especially when, like, the player of the year awards are so kind of, like, stat-biased in the, like, real awards, uh, I feel like Engram kind of gets at least an honorary mention there. No, I agree. I think his consistency and durability probably also have to be factored in there when like so many other pieces of like walk a little missed time, Cam Robinson missed time, Isaac Cleveland missed time, Christian Kirk missed time, Trevor Lawrence missed time. Like everybody, right. but Ingram, ETN and uh, Calvin Ridley, like 
basically in this time. So I think you definitely I would say that. Ingram was probably the most consistent player on offense last year, right? Probably. Yeah, probably. I'd say that's probably right. Yeah. Just from week one to yeah. I'd say that's probably fair. Yeah. All right, but we're getting into Trevor. <laughs> Defensive player. I put down Darius Williams. I, I I'm with you. Like if you're not going to double dip, I think those were like their two clear best defenders. I'm not even sure who the third would be. Would it be Foyer? I feel like it would probably have to be. Yeah. And, and I think that the gap between Foyer and Darius is pretty significant based on, you know, their production last year. Darius had a great season. He like he had the kind of season that you would absolutely hope for out of like a free agent cornerback. Like that that signing has aged really well since they moved him, you know, outside and not in the slot. You know, like ever since they got that out of their minds, that signing's aged really well. You know, Darius had a great season. Literally, well, I think there was only like one play I can think of where I'm like, dude, what the hell was that? I think it was like the um, Isaiah Likely catch against Baltimore. <laughs> where I thought for the entire six seconds before the ball got there that Darius was about to pick it. And I think he did too. And then he just got Moss. But outside of that, like he was fantastic, you know, really good ball skills. And it, it was funny, like that little streak of interceptions he had, because he went like two and a half seasons without intercepting a single pass. Yeah. So good ball skills. And I thought he got better against the run this year too, and better as a tackler, because teams kind of went at him in the running game a year before. And that was one of the reasons why he's not a good slot defender. He's just not – he's not a, a physical guy, especially against the run. But I thought he tackled better this year. So, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely with you. I think Allen was clearly their best defender this year. And then I think Darius is clearly their best, you know, second best. Yeah, and I feel like Allen was probably the most consistent defensive player to stick with that theme. But Darius, I would say, was probably the second most consistent because it was impressive when, like, Tyson Campbell and Andre Sisco were – battling with injuries halfway through the year and like the past defense overall dropped off, but Darius Williams's play in production uh, didn't. So the fact that he was like, had, he definitely had a really good start to the season, but he finished well too. It's not like he just kind of like fell off a map after the first yeah. good six weeks. Like he maybe stopped getting some interceptions, but they just stopped generating takeaways in general that second half of the season. You know, like it wasn't a him thing. It was them completely. Yeah, and then teams would just start throwing out like Monteric Brown or an injured Tyson Campbell, and so it's can't complain when like the ball's not getting thrown his way. Yeah. All right, rookie of the year. I split this up by offense and defense because I feel like yeah, you're oh, making the case where it's pretty obvious. Or oh, other, it's gonna be so offensive rookie of the year. We can just write in Anton Harrison. I meant to look no, at uh, I forgot to see like how many snaps he played versus any other rookie because I think he played probably like a thousand and like the next closest rookie was under a hundred. Would be my guess. Yeah, I think that that's probably a good call. Yeah, I can find that for you right now. Give me give me a moment. I, I I'm with you. I think Anton like I think he has like future Pro Bowl like level. You know, talent. Honestly, I I think that you know 
he obviously has some things that he has to work on and improve. Mainly the run game. It, it's every time it feels like every time I compliment Anton Harrison, I get eight different replies being like, Well, how is he as a run blocker? He's not good. Okay. <laughs> he's 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 one of five linemen on their line who's not good at run blocking. Sue him. You know, like the, the, the entire offensive line is bad at run blocking. I think a lot of it with him is technique though, because like obviously the physicality is there, the strength is there, the footwork's there. I think he, he just has to work on some technique stuff. I, I I I think he is a building block for them, honestly. So all right, rookies. So Anton played a thousand one hundred and twelve snaps. Okay. And then the next closest rookie on offense, Brenton Strange played three hundred and seven snaps. Oh, Wouldn't wow. have guessed that. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't have guessed that. <laughs> only only ran ninety routes for a record. Uh, Parker, Parker Washington played 239 snaps. True. Tank Bigsby played 12 fewer snaps than Blake Hans at 140. So that's 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 okay. something. That's, yeah. And then, yeah, and then defensively, they had. Oh God, who even is the first defense guy? I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess it's gonna be Antonio. Yeah, but. Where is he? Yeah, Antonio played. Antonio played the most snaps on defense with a grand total of 172. With Tyler Lacey behind him at 145, Yasir Abdullah with 45, and obviously everybody else was a big old goose egg. Antonio's got to be the defensive one. Like it's literally yeah. him, or it's literally him or Tyler Lacey. And I think Tyler Lacey showed some flashes as a run defender, but he like he just. He didn't really do anything. Antonio's a guy I think you can actually get excited about. And rare W for the front office. They got Antonio by virtue of trading down for Anton Harrison. That's where they got the Antonio Johnson pick. So basically, so got yeah, basically one trade down netted Anton and Antonio, which, as things stand, might be their two only good players from that class. Is that the greatest trade in Jaguars history? That's one of them. <laughs> the greatest trade that doesn't involve Scott Fitterer. <laughs> Scott Fitterer is such a bad GM. Even the Jaguars were knocking candy out of him like a pinata. Um, I feel like with An- or Antonio, like the thing is, he's like the only guy that's like a gem in the rough for them. Like they had so many like injuries to kind of like key players, and even though there wasn't like a lot of significant injuries, there was still a lot of key players that got like kind of dinged up. And I feel like Antonio Johnson was really like the only like day three guy, young guy, like non-starter that like really stepped up and like yeah. people would, like look forward to him in the future. Because like yeah, uh, like Monteric Brown had like a good season stepping up, but it was more of like he like didn't mess up, not like oh this guy is like really flashing and we want to see him like more of him. Yeah, like just looking at the day three picks, like. I mean, even looking at their non-first-round picks, like Britton Strange, I don't think you can be excited about him. Maybe he turns into something. It's just like his – I don't even think his range of outcomes is even, like, wide. Like, it's very clear that it's just not really – there's just not much you're working with, you know. Tank yeah. Bigsby, I don't think you can get, like, super excited about. Vintrell Miller, NPC. You know, he, he didn't play this year. Uh, at best-case scenario, his Chad Moon was back up <laughs> this next year. You know, uh, Tyler Lacey, a run stuffer who didn't play that much. Uh, you see Abdullah, 
not only do I think is it hard to get excited about him, he is a horrific fit in Ryan Nielsen's defense. Mm-hmm. I think he could be cut next year. Honestly, am I like seriously? He he's small, like short arms, short. Does he seem like a Nielsen like defensive end? Like yeah, yeah. I feel like the only way he gets on the field is like late down packages where you have like everyone lined up at the line of scrimmage and like sending people kind of all over the place where he's either rushing the passer or dropping into the flat and it's like you can't really ask him to do anything else unless we like seeing it see him at training camp and he's added a few inches and a lot yeah yeah so and then antonio johnson i'm with you you can get excited about parker washington i feel like is good for a six-round pick but there's a difference between good and good for a six-round pick you know like i think he's good i think he's good enough to where you don't have to resign jamal agnew i don't think he's good enough to where you factor him at all into the conversation of do you need to add to the receiver room does that make sense yeah I think he and even maybe Tank Bigsby are both like you can be like excited for them, but as like decent role players, not as like maybe getting a Pro Bowl in their career. Yeah, and then you have Christian Braswell, who only played three games. Eric Hallett was on practice squad all year. Cooper Hodges were hurt, and then Raymond Vahasek and Derek Parrish didn't didn't. Uh, make the team. Derek Parrish is the second worst player I've ever, maybe first I've ever seen on their practice field. It's him or Tim Tebow. It's it's one of the two. And so so going by PF, like pro football references, weighted uh, uh, approximate value, they had 11, 12. Yeah. So their rookie class had a weighted approximate value of 14 last year. 11 of that came from Anton Antonio. Oh. So, so that's two weighted approximate value among their other 11 picks. Uh, Tyler Lacey got one, and Parker Ooh. Washington had one. Brittany Strange had a goose egg. <laughs> yeah, they – oh, Tank Bixby had one. There you go. So they had hey. – so there you go. And then you had your seer get goose egg, Ventrell, obviously, Braswell, obviously. But, <laughs> but next to Tank's name and you saw like negative two. <laughs> I'll be honest, I was surprised to see the one. I will say it probably came from like the two one yard touchdowns he had like the first like mm. three weeks of, of the season. So <laughs> um, but it like that shows it right there. Like the only two rookies to really be excited about, I think, are Anton Antonio and everybody else is kind of just wait and see so those are clearly the rookies of the year all right jaguars comeback player of the year i think Dwayne smoot definitely deserves an honorable mention probably devon hamilton too but i would say calvin ridley would be my pick for this one i'll go with um uh give me a second who was last year that was decent this year i'll go with monteric brown what did he come back from? He wasn't an NFL quality player. <laughs> All right. Yeah, just to mix it up a bit. He went from being a practice squad level player to being a serviceable backup. Boom. All right. Well, he is my sixth man of the year because I was going to steal some NBA awards. What did he come back from? What? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. He got bulky. He was, like a good, he was like 
started off as a bench player, and then like when he got a few minutes, it worked out. The best love story. Antonio Johnson probably would have been a better pick for six man, but like he already got a whole defensive rookie of the year trophy. That's my pick. He's he's my pick for record. Okay, you're gonna double down with him. I was just trying not to double down as much as the, possible. The Gus Logue story, man. Bench players talking like starters. <laughs> I hate it. All right, let's go to most improved player. Who do you got there? I can go first. Uh, I have Andre Cisco because I think he was playing really well at the start of the year, and then injuries kind of delayed the breakout season that he was having. I wrote down Devin Lloyd at first, but I feel like it was more of like if we did this in like week nine, he runs away with it. Yeah. But I feel like his improvement was like more of like getting to like a good floor level and like knowing where he was yeah. supposed to be at times rather than like actually like improving like technique really well and like taking a next step as like a good player. And so I feel like Cisco was <clears throat> excuse me, someone that was doing that. I'll go with uh, I'll go with Trayvon Walker. I think his floor raised a good bit. I know. So he's still, if you're going by like pressure metrics, still like a below average pass rusher. As a rookie, he was one of the worst pass rushers in the yeah. NFL. So yeah. he he went from being like legitimately one of the worst edge rushers in the NFL to a so-so one who got ten sacks. I think even if some of that is some like funny money, I, I I'll go with Trayvon Walker because he like it, it wasn't like a bit like he was like. I'll, I'll pull up his like 2022 pass rush stats. Legitimately was like very, very bad as a pass rusher, and yeah. now he went he went from like terrible to all right. So there's at least some traje- trajectory there. I was gonna say I think you and I have both said that he didn't take like a huge leap, but he did take a step this season. Uh, I'm pretty excited to see whether it's gonna be a step versus a leap next season once Nielsen yeah. is in the building. Yeah, and like if he had the same year this year that he had as a rookie, I think it would have been fair for like bus talk, but he didn't, you know, and that just that shows you one how much he improved and two how much he had to improve after his, you know, rookie year. So his rookie year out of a hundred and twenty-three edge rushers, he finished Do, 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 do. Finished 98th in pass rush one rate in his rookie year. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Delicioso. Yeah. Yikes. So definitely, definitely got better in year two. Are you pulling up year two now? No. Do, 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 do. No. <laughs> no, I'm not. Lord. <laughs> Uh, speaking of uh, Trayvon, assistant coach of the year, I've got Bill Shuey, mostly because he was one of the few coaches who were like actually kept on staff, even though most of his side of the ball was let go. So I think that's kind of like a good sign right there. But also, I believe Trayvon and Josh Allen finished with the most sacks of any like team combo in the league this season. And so obviously Trayvon getting to 10 is pretty big. And then Josh breaking the – franchise record is pretty big so i feel like shoey is coach of the year for me yeah no, i'm with you 100 like there's there's a reason he's one of the of the few guys you know retain like his his guys played fantastic you know like that season both their productions jumped up and you asked like 
people inside the building, like the edge rushers and stuff and other players on the roster. Like he's a guy who's really like respected for like his coaching style, his ability to teach. I, I think he's a big reason that you saw Trayvon and Josh have the season they had. So I'm with you there. Cool. Uh, did you give a most improved player? I don't think I did. I'll go with not Devin, not Devin, not Buster Brown. He's already my Buster Brown, not Cisco. Are you going to I think Cisco. I think either Cisco or actually take it back. Not Cisco. You ready? Yeah, I already know who it's going to be. Who? Anton Harrison. Who? Anton Harrison. He only played for one year. <laughs> right. I thought close you were just like he he did improve a lot through the season, so I thought that was yeah. you were gonna go for that. Close your eyes. I want you to close your eyes. All right. Are you ready? Yeah. Luke Farrell. <sighs> yeah. How's that? How's that? Wow, you really got me. I heard the Luke F and thought you were talking about the center. I was like, <laughs> that's that's why I had to close your eyes. <laughs> yeah, no, that was good. Well played. Well played. Luke, Luke, Luke Farrell's not bad. You know, like he's he's a tight end. <laughs> no, he's. I, I think he's like a solid number two tight end. Honestly, like I, I, he's one of the rare day three picks that they've hit on over the last. He's probably him and Antonio are their two best day three picks, probably by considerable margin during the bulky era. Yeah, I think like when they kind of let go of Chris Manhurts and then they had Luke Farrell as their in-house replacement, that worked really well. And then when they let go of Jawan Taylor and had their I mean, they kind of had to make an in-house selection with Anton Harrison, but both both of those moves worked out really well. And as they should in terms of kind of like, I don't know, finding value, but within your own house. So uh, NBA yeah. Hustle Award. I feel like I remember us doing this last year, and I easily thought it was Foya Luacon. I'm going to go with the same answer this year. Okay, I'll go with... I'll go with Evan Ingram, honestly. The mm, the good. amount of hurdles that he did to get an extra yard on a seven yard gain this year, <laughs> he he wanted it. He wanted. It. I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Evan Ingram. He he was their biggest dog, I think, this year. That's a good the dog That's award. Good All right, let's see what else we got. Uh, most disappointing player. Do you write one down for this? Yeah, I. Th- Zay Jones is a tough one because it was injury, so I don't think you can put him. If he had that kind of production without injuries, I think he'd obviously be number one. I'm going to go with Luke Fortner or kind of Devin Lloyd. Like, Devin Lloyd, like you said, he improved his floor, but name me a play that he made this year. Like, obviously, he had some impressive, like, run fits and stuff at times, but, like, yeah. name, me an, name me an impact play that he had this year. I Like, it, if you're going to take a first round linebacker, I you got to make some plays at some point, you know. Like, no, they, like they're cheating. They're cheating him. Like talking about him, like he's a developmental linebacker that you're hoping can become a starter. No, like he traded up into the first round for him. So, I'm gonna go with Devin Lloyd simply because first round linebacker makes some plays eventually, and then Luke Fortner. I think definitely like, I think everybody agreed, or at least me and you did. I've seen some fans like say he was good his rookie year. What happened? He was absolutely not good. <laughs> His rookie year, you know, he, he was pretty yeah. brutal. I thought that, especially since they harped all training camp, and he did look bigger 
you know, and all offseason about how much bigger, stronger he got, that you'd see some improvement. He was worse last year than he was as a rookie, and he had a bad se- rookie season to begin with. So I'd yeah. say Fortner followed by Devin Lloyd for different reasons. Yeah, I think Lloyd is definitely a solid one that I hadn't really thought of before. I think it's like a good one if you kind of like it did take kind of like more of a step back rather than focusing just on especially kind of the first half of the season when he what had like a couple PBUs, a couple of nice run fits, but like every linebacker that starts every game is going to have a couple of those on film probably. So, but I, I was trying to think of like players who weren't injured at all. So like Zay and Tyson Campbell came to mind, but I feel like it wouldn't really be right to pick them. But I settled on Tank Bigsby because I feel like when you and I have like talked about the Jaguars' day two picks last year, like we've always said it was more about like the process rather than uh, the player and like the, like it it was like not really anything about Trent, uh, Brenton Strange and Tank Bigsby. It was about like how the pick was used. And then like, those were just happened to be the players names. Um, But then like kind of after that dust settled, Tank actually had a really good training camp and there was some like hype building for him into the season, especially like fantasy uh, writers too, kind of like overhyped him thinking that he was going to be like, a big like touchdown vulture. And so even if like the, it was an unsexy draft pick, I think there was a decent amount of hype for tank going into the season. And then like, just, it was kind of a disaster class as soon as it started. So judging from bulky's press conference at the end of the year, it was clearly just Doug didn't want to play him. Right. Uh, Sure. What makes you say that? I mean, bulky made it seem like he said several times how, you get to execute your visions for players, et cetera. It seemed like he thought Tank was going to play more, and the GM doesn't actually have any say in how much he plays. It, it seemed yeah. like to me Trent thought he was going to play a lot, and then Doug was like, no, I don't want to play him. Yeah, I, I see that. Like, I definitely get how Trent was like, yeah, like my guys should have been playing more. I feel like he was talking about that for a lot of rookies too, but including Tank. But like I just I totally understand like Doug like yeah no yeah I'm not not knocking it so like what do you want him to do <laughs> yeah not not knocking it for the record because yeah, yeah. he Tank was the third best running back on the roster last year like I, I don't think you can deny that hmm. who who would you rather have Tank or Jamal Agnew at running back next one next one let's move let's move <laughs> all on. right clutch player of the year not answering that. <laughs> All right, clutch player of the year. Clutch player of the year. Um, clutch player, but also clutch. Well, so I put no. down Christian Kirk because I was thinking about his play against the Saints. Yeah, and he's also like, he, he's a big uh, like comes up in crunch time, like throughout this year and last year. But the Saints touchdown especially sticks in my mind. I'm gonna go with Josh Allen. He, I feel like he closed several games out for them last year, specifically yeah. the Houston game. Mm. Uh, they, they don't win that week 12 game without him going dummy against Laramie Tunsil in that last drive. He was so good last year. It was cool like hearing him talk in the locker room because he was like kind of knew that like that's what like the great players do is like close out games and he just had like the right mindset about it and to see him actually do it was pretty sweet. Let's do go it again. To- What's up? Do it again. <laughs> what do I know? I'm just a gamer. Uh, best play out. 
my thought was when Lawrence sidesteps the defender against the Falcons and found Ridley for a deep touchdown in the first half. I'm going to go with Lawrence's third down throw to Calvin Ridley against the Bills. Along the sideline. Oh, Along yeah. That yeah. was a good one. Good pick. Yeah. I forgot about that. I'm going to go with that one. Yeah. All right. Best moment? <laughs> I just best, wanted to – Best play that happened in this continent. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to say that I really enjoyed when Josh Allen strip-sacked Gardner Minshew in week five-ish. And then I believe the very next play after that was ETN scoring on the Wildcat on the right side. Yeah. So that was that was a really fun five minutes to see. I think best moment either has to be them closing out that game against Houston in week 12, whether you want to call that Josh Allen sack or them barely missing that field goal, or Josh Allen breaking the sack record at home against against the Panthers. I think that has to be up there too. For sure. You got a worse moment? Probably Trevor Lawrence's injury against the Bengals. Like that that entire sequence of, of moments against yeah. the Bengals, like him getting stepped on, Parker Washington not running the right route, Brandon McManus missing the field goal. Probably, yeah. no, let's just put Monday Night Football as the worst moment, actually. Go, okay. go ahead and put Monday Night Football in general. Calvin Ridley had like that big catch that ended up getting calling, called Dude, back. Christian Kirk was hurt on the first drive. It was like a lot of people, yeah. Prime time a lot of people forever in Jacksonville, and they just came up short. They could have. That was the game that they like. If they had won, they would have technically been the number one seed for a little bit. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think that was the worst moment. Yeah, no, they would have been in the playoffs if they if they won that game. And a lot of people forget about this because of all the other stuff that happened. Do you remember right before halftime? Luke Forner sends a bad snap towards Trevor. Trevor drops it and then heaves it to Calvin Ridley, and Ridley drops it. If anything on that play goes right, because three different things went wrong, anything goes right, <laughs> anything goes right, they kick a field goal at halftime, and they end up winning the game later on a field goal. So that that game was just a master class. Total they, 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 they shouldn't play on Monday Night Football again during Trevor Lawrence's career. Just – Go ahead and – no, you, you, you don't need the prime time. Get the hell out of it. Play on 1 p.m. on Sundays and hide from the rest of the league like you were born. <laughs> I love it. That's a good one to go out on. Well, let's do some yeah. ad breaks and then come back and do some league-wide picks. Nah, it sounds good. We'll be right back. Well, here we are. <laughs> here we are. Another – NFL award show without any Jaguars nominee. So I'm not going to count Walter Payton of the award year award. I'm not going to call it a Mickey Mouse award because it's a good it's a good thing. What? What? You call that comeback player of the year, but ouch. So talk about so Demar Hamlin almost dying and coming back is a Mickey Mouse of the year award. Okay, but like that's, <laughs> yeah, that's like you focusing on like one candidate for the award this year, like. Shaming the Walter Payton Man of the Year? Mickey Mouse Award. Okay. Yeah, Man of the Year. Get the hell out of here. You're not wrong. I just wouldn't say that. Go, 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 be, a, go be a man in the Super Bowl. That's mm. the, it's never a Super Bowl winner, is it? That's true. Well, yeah. you, you got to give some participation trophies out, you know? You got to make yeah. all the guys happy. Yeah, but nonetheless, the <laughs> last time. <laughs> A Jags player, I believe, was nominated for any of these awards was 2019 when Josh Allen was nominated for Defensive Rookie of the Year award. 
So another year with no Jags nominated, but we're still going to fire out our takes. I think Trevor Lawrence might have gotten some votes last year. He might have gotten votes, but he wasn't one of the five finalists. He got MVP. He got MVP votes last year. Yeah. Okay. That's weird that you can like not be a finalist and get votes, I feel like. But I think the finalists are the people who got the most votes. But they don't give you five finalists and say vote for these. You know what I'm saying? Oh dang. Well, that's how I did my ballot. Oh well. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> All right, let's let's uh hit the first one. MVP off the bat again. Uh, so the MVP kind of changed the rules, or the MVP, the league changed the voting rules where the MVP voters kind of do their top five rather than just saying one name. And then there's kind of like some kind of point system. And then for all the other awards, they do list your top three and go based off that. And so rather than doing one name, what we're going to do today is list our top three. And then if there's a tie for an award, maybe we'll do a Twitter poll if one of us remembers to post it. So, John, top three MVPs. Yeah. For the record, we're not going to remember to post it, but <laughs> nonetheless, Christian McCaffrey. Well, Christian McCaffrey, Josh Allen, then your MVP, Lamar Jackson. Hmm. I got Lamar at one, Josh Allen at two, and Dak Prescott at three. I, I get Dak. I, I, I get putting Dak there. I just, I don't yeah. know. I feel like the 49ers have had a historically good offense. And I'm not going to credit the quarterback for it. So <laughs> I got to credit somebody. Uh, well, I feel like we're probably going to, we might get there the offensive player of the year. Or at least that was my plan. But yeah, I feel like Lamar Jackson is kind of a shoe in for the real award at this point. And I think it's pretty cool that he was like, Definitely, like, top 10 in pretty much every metric, but not even, like, top five in a lot of, like, the most important metrics, like total passing yards, still touchdowns, EPA per play, quarterback rating, like, a lot of the stuff that usually translates to MVP awards. Uh, he ended up earning it over Brock Purdy, who was, like, first or second in pretty much any quarterback statistic you could think of. Yeah. But That's good. fortunately, the voters are not gamers. They're ball knowers. And they actually watch the game, so uh, well, <laughs> wouldn't go that far. You can definitely like just see the impact that Lamar Jackson has on like the whole defense, and then when you're watching the San Francisco impacts, like the gravity is a lot different around like the skill position players yeah. than Brock Purdy, even if he did have like two whole scrambles for first downs last week or in the championship round, which I feel like everyone was scrambling. Uh, screaming about well like, he can use his legs crazy like Lamar is genuinely not good in the playoffs but like so the knock on him is that he's the best MVP who sucks in the playoffs like that's a like that's a bad thing like he's about to be a two-time MVP he's gonna be a hall of famer I, like I could care less what he does in the playoffs because nobody's calling him Patrick Mahomes nobody's calling him one of the best quarterbacks you know of all time, but he is clearly yeah. one of the best quarterbacks of his generation. And he uh, he kind of kept doing this thing, I think, where he was, like, lifting up the offense by the bootstraps. Obviously, they got, like, reinforcements, but, like, Zay Flowers isn't, like, a total receiver. Uh, Odell was, like, pretty washed by the end of the season. Bateman didn't have Mark Andrews for a while. He didn't have Mark Andrews pretty much the whole time. Uh, Monken was, like, a really good hire, but didn't have a pretty iffy game plan against the Chiefs. 
And so like, it's not like it was like everything was suddenly perfect around him. Like he was still doing a lot of heavy lifting, even if he got a little bit more help this year. Yeah. We're in agreement. Lamar's the MVP. Give me your top three offense player of the years. Players of the year. Yeah. My number three would be Dak. Number two, Tyreek. And number one, Christian McCaffrey. I will say if Tyreek never gets hurt, he probably runs away with us. I agree with that. He only missed one full game, I think, and then like a little bit of time in a couple other games. And so he only finished with a league leading 1,800 yards and 13 touchdowns. So I think if if he had gotten to 2,000, I feel like he would have been pretty much a shoo-in. But since he missed enough time to not get to 2K, I'm with you. I have McCaffrey 1, Hill 2, and then CD 3. Uh, just because I feel like this is a non-quarterback award. I, he, I wouldn't give Brock Purdy a vote for a play, offensive player of the year either, for the record. No. no. I would like. I feel like C.D. Lamb like isn't even like a great candidate, at least compared to the top two, but I would still give it to C.D. over Brock. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, McCaffrey is just like – I feel like he's like a reverse vertical threat where you like – like Deshaun Jackson will like take a top off the defense and like – defenders have to play back a little bit to respect him it's like the reverse with McCaffrey where like he's such a threat near the close to the line of scrimmage that like defenses have to kind of play up and so then that opens up stuff deep uh which is arguably better than like a Deshaun Jackson opening up stuff stuff that's shallow so can, can you imagine the Jags took him instead of Leonard Fournette <laughs> uh, it, I don't think it changes anything for their history but that what a I didn't I was like maybe did they, maybe they win a Super Bowl maybe because it, it it is crazy in hindsight that it's it was like what year it was 2017 and there was still a team like wanting the plotting power back over this dude who literally is the perfect you know modern era running back so yeah. it, it, it was a good bit <laughs> so. Defensive player of the year. Top three, go. Number three, Michael Parsons. Number two, Max Crosby. Number one, Miles Garrett. TJ Watt is a pre- sack merchant. Yep. Get more pressure stuff. Yep. I love but, it. Yeah, get, be <laughs> as efficient as Alex Highsmith, buddy. Then we'll talk. <laughs> I'm with you. I had uh, Parsons at two and Crosby at three. Yeah. So. Same top three though, because I also had Miles Garrett as the defense player of the year. He uh yeah. he and Parsons, I feel like, were kind of almost similar to Hill and McCaffrey, where it was just kind of a class of their own. I mean, you did have Max up too, but for Miles, I just think he was like arguably the best player. Like I feel like it was kind of split among the mm-hmm. top three almost, top two or three. But I think got Garrett gets flowers for I mean, just being so dominant for so long, eh? but then also being dominant on the best defense in the league, or actually arguably second best defense after the Ravens, but it was like one of the best defenses in the league. And I mean, they got like as far as the Cowboys got in the playoffs. So I think, I think it's that the year that Garrett gets his flowers. I, I know like he doesn't have like, maybe necessarily the pure like numbers like sack numbers or anything it's just i don't know i don't, I don't care how caveman of a take it sounds like throw him a take 
Miles Garrett's the best defensive player in the NFL. That's what I'm saying. These voters might be ball watchers because, like, you can see Miles Garrett make an impact on like every single play, and like, not that TJ Watt doesn't do that, but not like he's not Miles Garrett. Yeah, yeah. All right. Next. Right, we got offensive rookie of the year. It's got to be CJ Stroud. I'd, I'd put Puka behind him, and then Sam Laporta, because. Puka and Laporta obviously had historic seasons, but Puka, let's let's be real, he's a Mc, a McVeigh like merchant. Like you 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 put Puka on the Tennessee Titans like this past season, he has three hundred and fifty yards. So I'm, I'm I yeah, I know you're gonna disagree with me, but Stroud and Stroud is far and away the rookie of the year. Now Puka was impressive, but he got lucky where he landed, in my, in, in my opinion. I mean, I think that. CJ Stroud also got lucky where he landed. Like that's such a great setup. Like the one-two punch that Houston has with like a CEO and defensive type, like great head coach and D'Amico Ryan's, and then like a young innovative Shanahan type play caller and Bobby Slowick. Like I'm not going to go as far to say that Stroud is like a play action merchant because he's clearly a, already a top ten quarterback. But like he definitely got like helped out by where he landed too. So I like and. Like I'm not trying to take anything away from Stroud again, but like yeah, I think he's a like a thousand yard receiver even on the Titans. To be honest, I, like he broke like a seventy year rookie receiving record, and as well as like pretty much any other rookie record for a receiver. And so I think just like the fact that it was such a historic season for him, like makes me vote for him over Stroud. Counterpoint: CJ Stroud made people think Dalton Schultz was good. <laughs> That's uh, enough. Right point, Dak Prescott made people think that Dalton Schultz was good. Yeah, yeah, he got he got a measly contract. He didn't make, he made Twitter people maybe, but I don't know. Fair fair enough. I know. I know. Who, who are you over, talking about? <laughs> you know the, <laughs> the the people in the NFL shadows, but I know. I know Puka. Oh. Puka's epic. He plays anime. He wears his hair in a bun. He's your kind of player. I know. I, know. I wish I was cool enough to like like or know about anime. I gotta at least try it out. But does King of the Hill count? <laughs> it, it's if anime isn't just maybe is it short for animation? It's not that type of animation. I think it is. Sure. <laughs> As I was saying, I was like, wait, I'm balky balling myself. Yeah, exactly. All right, defensive rookie of the year. So, honestly, the toughest one. So we agreed on MVP and offensive player of the year and defensive player of the year. So we need to put up rookie of the year to a vote, which I would lose. So that means we're probably I'm gonna forget to put it up. (laughs) So defensive rookie of the year, I agree, was probably the toughest. I ended up going with Will Anderson for this one, and then Jalen Carter, and then Kobe Turner. This is such a tough one, man. I'll go Devon Witherspoon third, Will Anderson second, and Jalen Carter first, even though Jalen Carter kind of fell off over the second half of the year, along with the rest of the Eagles franchise. But I, I don't know. This is a, this is a tough one because there were there were some good defensive rookies this year. Like all, all, all of the guys, I think, who are nominated, you know, Kobe Turner, Joey Porter Jr., Carter, Anderson, Witherspoon, they're all, I think, very uh, deserving. Kobe Turner, by the way, was taken immediately after Tank Bigsby. <laughs> That's right. 
I think Carter had like the most impressive flashes and he is probably on track to end up being like the best defensive player from this class. But I just thought Will Anderson had kind of a bigger role on the Texans defense, especially with like the way that they, I mean, D'Amico likes to blitz a little bit more than a lot of like those like San Francisco cover three guys. But at the end of the day, like he likes to be able to get home with four. And so like having Will Anderson is a big part of that. And he was just more consistent throughout the season. So it's a close race, though. Like they're yeah. really good. I, I I I think you can make a fair point. Like this, that's probably the toughest award I think to give out of, out of this group. All right, let's get comeback player of the year out of the way. I got Demar one, Demar Hamlin one, Matthew Stafford two, Tua Tonga Vailoa three. What the hell did Tua and Stafford come back from? Being hurt, I guess. Like. Like, like because he got concussed a lot last year. Like, like I said earlier, like I'm going off like the list yeah, of fine. So like, I, I agree I'll, with what you said about Brees Hall earlier, but yeah, like I mean, to it, like it was like a little bit scary because it was like he might actually have to retire with. Yeah, it was scary. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, he like didn't get concussed this year, so here's an award. Yeah. And with Stafford, it's like he's getting old. He's getting tendonitis. Like, okay, that's expected. So the fact that he made it a whole season, like. It's such a Mickey Mouse award. You said, yeah, you didn't get concussed this year. Here's an award. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Some oh. time, you know, I made it the whole year. Yeah. No, give it give it to Hamlin. I shut the award down after this. <laughs> shut I'm, it down. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still not convinced keeping Hamlin on the roster wasn't like a psyop or or something like that, like, like, I, 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 no, no, no. Keep, keep, keeping the the yeah. Hamlin takes in, internal. Like making these thoughts internal. Yeah, give it to Hamlin. Who the hell are you gonna give the award to next year? Aaron. Oh God, they're gonna give it to Aaron Rodgers, dude. Yeah, you're right. That's Doesn't nice. even matter what he does. That's maybe uh, your cousins probably should get it. Assuming like they both play full seasons, I would bet that like. Kirk performs better. I don't like Aaron Rodgers, Gus. I don't like him either. Tell me it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Okay. Thank you. Let's get to Coach of the Year, our final award. No, wait, we've got two more because there's oh, yeah. the year and an assistant coach of the year. So, Coach of the Year, who's your top three? Sorry, I had to pull it back up. Uh, <laughs> I, I think you got to go Shanahan three. Campbell two and D'Amico one. I'm, I'm sorry to take taking the Texans to the playoffs. I, I like the Lions went nine and eight last year, so they were always on track to make the playoffs this year. Like you know, yeah. Shanahan clearly got a lot out of Fortnite, so they were always going to be good. Yeah, I'm not a big give it to Kevin Stefanski guy and Harbaugh. I feel like it's like a lifetime achievement award. So I, I, I say D'Amico because the Texans absolutely nobody was picking the Texans to make the playoffs this year. Anybody who says they were is a liar. I have people telling me that the pick they trade away for Will Anderson is going to be a top five pick. Yeah, no, it's funny. Like looking back at tweets with that, especially uh, a lot of people were like, "What are they doing?" So was, yeah, and then it actually worked out really well for them. I don't disagree with anything that you said, except for the bit about Stefanski. He's my number one. And then I have D'Amico, two, and Dan Campbell, three. Uh, just because, I mean, I think 
it should be D'Amico, honestly, but I gave Will Anderson Defensive Rookie of the Year. So I was trying to, like, share the love a little bit. And Stefanski, I mean, even though the de- defense was better for the Browns this year and he's an offensive guy, like, they did start four different quarterbacks. And, like, they still had to deal with that one guy from Houston being on their team. Uh, and so, did like – Do we know if he wanted the Sean Watson? Or was that an Andrew Barry thing? If he wanted him, I'm not going to give him any credit. I don't know. That's fair. I, I, he he at least had to sign off on it. Yeah, so like, for what you said about, what you said about Jim Swartz is why I wasn't giving it to him. Like their defense, I feel like got them there. Flacco okay. kind of became like an epic like thing to post about on Twitter. Okay, that's fair. I think Stefanski is still like should be one of the top vote getters, but mm-hmm. I'm going to change mine to D'Amico. You convinced me. That's yeah, bullying work. <laughs> <laughs> assistant coach of the year this one's our last one end of the marathon we got ben johnson mike mcdonald todd Mc- todd monken jim schwartz and bobby slovic are the official nominees i forgot to go over the finalists for all the previous ones <laughs> bobby slovic for fighting through his past as a pff analyst to become a good play caller Jim Schwartz for carrying Kevin Stefanski to the playoffs, and Ben Johnson for turning down a bad Washington Commanders job. <laughs> that job sucks. Oh, we have cap space and a number two pick. What the hell? And a new owner. What the hell is that supposed to mean to me if I'm a coach? You have cap space because your roster sucks. You have number two pick. That could be anybody. It could be Blake Bortles. You know, like yeah, I. I don't. I don't care your new fancy owner from the Philadelphia 76ers, who for some reason has Rick Spielman helping him pick a coach. Now I, I give it to Ben Johnson for having the huevos and the smarts to turn down a bad Washington job that people have foolishly convinced themselves is some amazing job because they have resources. That matters for a GM. If I'm a head coach, I do not give a rat's ass about your resources. I, I'm doing what Mike McDonald did and going to the ready-made team. Mm. So, Ben Johnson for being smart, turning down. <laughs> Terrible. I'm going on the record. Put it down. Terrible Washington job. Dan Quinn will be out in two and a half years. That job sucks. Out in under three years. I think it's going to be under two. Yeah, I agree. You saw the vision very early. You've been saying this, but like, and in the after part, like, it's just like the PR stunts that the commanders are trying to pull with, like, oh, like, he got like, we like didn't want Ben Johnson because he wanted too much money. And then that made him look, made the commanders look poor. And then they're like, oh, no, no, wait, that wasn't it. It was just like a really unprofessional move and like it's going to like hurt his reputation. It's like, no, it's not. He's going to have like be able to get any job he wants next year. People forget that Josh McDaniels literally hired an entire defensive <laughs> staff and then left. And then Frank Reich was left with said staff. <laughs> Frank Reich <laughs> didn't hire his defensive coaches because another head coach did it and then left. Nobody other than Washington and like Adam Schefter and Diana Rossini or whoever is going to care that he didn't, take that job because it, it doesn't matter. And also for the, he did an interview well part. He was fine to talk to him a second time. If he didn't interview well, why are you going to talk to him? Yeah. We know you're not trying to talk to Aaron Glenn. We know you don't care about that. Yeah, no, I'm 
Washington is easily the team I'm rooting the most against this year. I will have I will have that bias. I hope nothing but the worst for the Commanders. Strictly for people who have argued with me about how good of a job that is. <laughs> now Ben Johnson. I, I, I am a little bit sad it. just because I like Drake May, and I feel like whoever they get at number two is going to be like a solid quarterback, or at least should be. But then Dan Quinn went out and hired Cliff Kingsbury, so that is like. Even saying. more of a tiger. Like, yeah. And then he more or less was like, I hired him because he did good against us. Man, all you need to do is call crossing routes and somebody has a good yeah. game against you, dude. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I feel like that was maybe like his strategy with Shanahan when he hired him in Atlanta. It was. It was. Like, he said it was. And, and then like Shanahan like ended up doing, becoming Shanahan. Uh, so Terry McLaurin will be tweeting emojis in October. <laughs> You've had a couple good takes, but that was probably your best one or that. Yeah, no, I, I, I got worked up just because so many people have been arguing with me about it. But no, that I'm like, if I'm a general manager, that job's appealing to me. You know what I mean? Because that's like a long term rebuild, and you have a ton of stuff to play with. Right. But if I'm a head coach, like it's literally saying the same thing as saying the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2013 were a good job, and we know they weren't. We now know in time, all that cap space didn't mean anything. Oh, those high draft picks that you can use to find a quarterback. You end up with Blake Bortles. Like, like I just think as a head coach, the enticing jobs are like the Seattle Seahawks. And what, what's another job with the Seahawks? I was like, what was like a mid-level team that fired the coach this year? I can't. Chargers? They're probably not level. Yeah, Chargers. I, I think the Falcons job was more interesting than the commander's job. Yeah. I would, I'd, if I'm a head coach, I'd rather coach the Falcons than the Commanders. Yeah, that's probably good too. Yeah. So, sorry, I had, had to get that off. Get that off my yeah. chest. Yeah. Josh Harris, your public enemy number one of the podcast, buddy. Such a brutal process for them. I do. I, I I applaud you for making Ben Johnson your number one for assistant coach of the year, just based on all of that. <laughs> I, I personally have Mike McDonald and Jim uh, <laughs> Schwartz and Bobby Slug, but that was good. I have one last question for you, John. We can talk more about this next week, maybe, once there's kind of been some stuff finalized. But just short answer, do you think Fred Taylor is making the haul? No. He should. I think he should. I don't think he will. (laughs) Yeah, whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) Before everyone puts tweet at John. I, I I don't think he will. I, I, I'd i love to be surprised because he yeah. definitely deserves it. It's just I feel like, one, he, he's a running back. Two, he's a Jacksonville Jaguar. He has several things working against him. Yeah, I've heard people say that, like, oh, he's, like, the only running back in the class, which is good, a good thing. among the finalists. But, yeah, I'm, I'm just – yeah, I'm not, not too hopeful. I'm going to be hoping to be pleasantly surprised, essentially. Yeah, like – I definitely do think, and honestly, I do think also that the Jaguars should have been pushing for him longer than they have been. Honestly, like I, I feel like that they sure. should have started this campaign for a while ago. But like, like oh, look at some of the other guys. Like Devin Hester is going to get in first, though. Fair. <laughs> like, <laughs> like let's get one guy in. Let's get our foot in. Yeah, the and that's fair enough. Fair enough. Like <laughs> looking at the list, like Devin Hester is getting in. Tory Holt's probably getting in. Yeah. Julius Peppers is probably getting in. Dwight Freeney is getting in. 
So it's like him versus Jared Allen, Willie Anderson. Well, no, Antonio Gates is getting in. Yeah, no, he's not. He's not getting in, in my opinion. Because it's they just pick five names from the finalist list. Yeah, and he's probably like seventh or eighth on that list of like guys. Yeah. Like, like there's several several guys in that group who should get in. Breaking. There's been a lot of good football players in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> All right, with that, we'll uh, leave it till next week, and we'll at least I'll be prepared with a Super Bowl prediction for next year that I'll try to hold on to for as long as possible. You uh, you got anything cooking up in Big Cat Country? Uh, actually, not too much of Big Cat Country, but I do have some stuff cooking at Ten Ten XL. We're gonna make, be making a draft guide, and so we're doing like a little roundtable where you, where I'm get like, kind of collecting rankings from a bunch of just football heads at the station. Including like Campo. Uh, Campo's the main one I'm really excited about, but like Dempsey will do it. Like we have just like a bunch of different perspectives. I'm also doing it, which is cool. And then I'll be do, like writing up some like Hell yeah. player comps, strengths, and weaknesses. Oh, yeah. You can I'll, check I'll... out 1010XL.com for weekly rankings for like to be released throughout this month, or just look out for the full PDF that'll be released at some time in March. I'm ex- I'm excited to read that, dude. Hell yeah, that's that, that's sick. I oh, I just saw your picture on there. Look at you wearing the suit. I gotta get a new headshot, man. That's from like junior year of college, which is now four uh, years ago. Of college, I was gonna guess junior year of high school. That still looks good. That <laughs> looks good. So uh, uh, that's, yeah. that's nothing well, like campus headshot. I'm trying to think of what like my favorite player comp has been so far. Uh, the guy from Michigan, Blake Corum, reminds me of Maurice Jones Drew a lot. I actually, I think I actually ended up writing down Doug Martin for the article, but yeah, he's like MJD, but just not as good. And y'all, y'all like uh, Trey Benson over there, the ten ten. I mean, what school did he get to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. The, sec- the, the second best Scholastic Academy in the state behind your Knights. Excuse me, what? Okay, here you go. Yep, huh? the, the Gators can't win on the field, so they're gonna throw out this highest ranking public school. Yeah, I was, I was, I just didn't hear you. Kind of broke up a little bit. I was, I wanted to clarify. Does Florida have a quit? Does Florida have a Quidditch team? Because UCF does. I feel like that should be docking you points. And they kick ass. <laughs> there you go. Get get bulky balled, buddy. All right, uh, that's what I want to go out on. Let yeah, me. Let yeah, me... I, on my side, I got starting my player draft profiles this week. Mm. Uh, it, it's funny, you know. Fans are obsessing over the player because you guys started yours this week, and your first one was Jackson Powers Johnson. That was that's also my first one. I I, I like to do polls to like let like people like their readers like decide who they want to read about next. It was funny. I kept seeing last year like the same guy was like in like eleven different polls because he kept like losing. <laughs> Jackson Powers Johnson won the first one against um, like. The player that's been mocked to them the most has been Jerzon Newton from Illinois, the defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. So I put him against Jackson Powers Johnson, and Jackson Powers Johnson won with eighty four percent of the vote. So, yeah, so I'll have something up on uh, something up on him this week. I, mm-hmm. Is it bad? I'm rooting for him to be there at seventeen, and for them to pass on him, so I can just like mainline the tweets. 
Is that bad? Are you talking about JPJ? Yeah, I, I want I want him to be there at 17 for them to pass on him simply so I can view the TL. Is that bad? No, uh, especially because I think there's like a 90% chance that happens. Like maybe the Jaguars will pick him. I'll be surprised, but I think he'll definitely be there at 17. Oh, he'll be there at 17. Man. I, he'll probably go, end up going first round. But I'm, 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 I think he'll I'm, go like 28th or something. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I, regardless, I'm excited to watch them pass on him. So that's – No, that's fair. Yeah, that's going to be your first profile, though, right? I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that is coming this week. Start, start, start watching him last night. I'm, he's good. I'm a fan. I'm not, you know, over the moon. Like I, I'm not like everybody else and ready to literally grovel and bow in his presence and everything like that. But he's a he's a good little football player. <laughs> Less little than Luke Fortner. That's the key. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> on, on that note, Gus, you got anything else for us? No, sir. See you in a week. All right. Well, we'll be back this time next week. Thank you guys, as always, for listening to the Jaguar Report podcast. I am John Shipley, my co-host, Gus Loeb. And don't forget, NFL honors. You just got bulky bulb. Give them the horns. (laughs) Horns down.